This is Dr. Jose Salivar with another episode of the Way to College podcast. So, one of the wonderful things about the podcast is I've met a variety of people, all kinds of people with interesting stories, and today is no different. Um, so, I met this individual, I don't know, four years ago, probably four years ago, when a group of friends... Uh, and I wanted to find a place to meet regularly to talk about writing and, and creative writing endeavors. And she was gracious enough to allow us, you know, um, the space to do, to, to shoot a short movie and, and to meet regularly. And she has a really great story that I thought would, would make for a great interview in the podcast. So I'm going to let Marianne introduce herself. So Marianne, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners out there? Hi, I'm Marianne. Um, I graciously allowed um, these guys to talk about creative writing in a safe space. Uh, that space being Grind Coffee Company. Um, we've been open for five years, going on our sixth year. And, you know, I opened this coffee shop with the intent of just loving coffee and having a safe space uh, for people who just want to get out of their house um, you know when I was a when I was in high school I needed that space I had that space and I wanted to give back to the community in that way and of course along the way of me finding that having that safe space I fell in love with coffee so you know I opened a coffee shop and uh, I mean along the way I went to school and whatnot um, but now I'm here, and now we're talking. Now we're, we're talking. having this conversation. Yeah. 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 So, so Marianne, you know, um, a lot of my guests they talk about their educational journey, and I think when we think of education, we think of like formal education, like school. And but but that's not always the case. Some, I think life, right, is our best educator, and so. I, I remember you telling me about your own sort of experiences with education and even through the university. And so th this is why I thought your story would be a really great story to tell because sometimes college isn't for all of us. Sometimes we, we realize, right, we can still, I think, achieve our dreams without having to go through sort of the formality of let me go and earn a degree, right? If I ask all of my guests this, if you had to go back and, and choose a point in your life where you said where you could say my educational journey started here, where would that be for you? My educational journey? Yeah, formal like, or informal. Um, like, okay, formal. So obviously formal was two thousand uh, when I when I, I don't know like when I was like five years old when I was a kid. Um, but uh, and then of course when I went to college, I went to UTPA. Um, I think that was the formal and informal. How so? Um, you learn a lot about yourself there that you realize, you know, I went to school with the intention of, I have no idea what I'm doing, but everyone seems to be going to school, so I'm going to do that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I was younger, I had this really heavy desire to become a writer, to work on a television show, to do these really creative things. 
and it was in college where I actually um, developed anxiety and depression and that really stunted a lot of my growth but it also led me to where I am right now so if it wasn't for all the things that I did in college mm-hmm. and all the work that I did, I probably would it probably wouldn't have taken me to where I'm at right now. So you wanted to be a writer. Yeah. Right? And but you said it was in college that you experienced depression, right? Probably some doubt about the path you were on. Actually, no. Um, it was never. It was never the path that I was on. It was my. Um, I really got triggered with anxiety. So I have a. I actually have a severe dis- anxiety disorder, um, which is great because you know I thrive. I, it's it's very funny. I thrive in extreme stress. Um, but when I was diagnosed with that. I was put on medication and I'm on medication today but the thing is I was no longer feeling the desire to write it was as almost everything that I that I had inside of me just went blank so what was next for you like so experiencing that and feeling like you know you you have this desire to write and all of a sudden it's gone what do do you do I went through a really rough period in my life trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I was still going to class Um, I was struggling to go to class and and unfortunately I was going to school um, at a time where you know anxiety and depression weren't really considered a disability Mm -hmm. and uh, they could be you know I had a really hard time driving to school Mm -hmm. because of my anxiety Um, so I would say that's definitely a disability especially when it's full flare Um, so I stuck around at home I would still write but my writing didn't feel genuine anymore it didn't feel authentic and I think that was where I realized okay I really need to figure out what my passions are again I had to like re-figure out who I am and uh, in that process I Um, got back into technology, right? And I slowly started falling in love with coffee. Hmm. And it was at that point that all the emotions that I had towards writing and being able to tell a great story, they were just shifting into coffee. Wow. And I realized that every coffee has a story. And it has, it it was almost like instead of writing emotions, my taste receptors were like giving me like that light of like, this is fascinating. Yeah. This coffee's fascinating. It tastes like blueberries. It's not supposed to. (laughs) So I was going to ask. But I think you answered it. I was going to ask when when you couldn't when there was nothing there, the, like the, that desire to write wasn't there anymore. I was going to ask you: Was there ever um, for you? Was there ever a, a a point where you thought maybe I should get off the medication because I missed that? Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. That that was something that I battled with a lot at the beginning of my mental health journey. Right. Um, do I get rid of this medication so I could feel, mm-hmm. right? Or do I keep on going and 
feel better. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is, I could feel, but I would feel everything ten times worse than the average person. So that was a decision that my family actually told me. They're like, you can do what you want, but they're like, based off of our experience, I wouldn't do it. So I did. I had times where I would try to wean off of my medication. It did not help. And it was worse. It was because your body at that point is already like, hey, I feel really great about a lot of things. Yes, I don't write the way that I used to, but I'm really happy where I'm at. Mm And that was where I had to make that decision. I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick by this. I'm going to stick by the medication. And I'm going to eventually get to where I was. Yeah. Uh, Whether it be with writing, continue wanting to write, or, you know, find a different passion. I've I've never really been scared of starting over. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been scared of losing myself mm. at the end of the day that's that's the thing is you're scared of losing yourself because you're not doing what you want to do how did you find coffee coffee so um i always i always give thanks to jitters coffee bar and mission in the journey of re uh getting to know myself again um I would hang out at Jitter's Coffee Bar and I had a couple of friends who worked there and I had uh I had a lot of friends who would just go naturally go because it was in Mission and I am from Mission and um I would spend my days there when it was too hard for me to drive to So I would spend my days there because it was the only place that I could drive to without having a panic attack. And I would sit there, I would get coffee, I would... I would write. I would essentially write my my, uh, inner monologue. Because that was the only thing I could write. I couldn't get into detailed stories, but I could write my inner monologue, and it was and it's just it was just a stream of consciousness, and um, so I would sit there, I would do that, I would read a little bit, and I would try everything on the menu. Uh, that's where I realized I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> and um, that's also where I slowly started taking away milk from my coffee and adding in just a little bit of sugar. And then eventually I went to no sugar. I was actually, um, and I always say this story, this is this is like the moment where it, my head was just like, this is it. Um, I got an uh, AeroPress over ice. It was an Ethiopia Yirga chef. And they, uh, the barista was like, hey, why don't you try it without sugar? And I took a sip and I tasted blueberries. And that was just like a light went off in my head and I just needed to know more. I needed to taste more. And I, that was probably the last time that I stopped. That was one of the last times that I, that was the first time I got black coffee and just wanted to taste everything. And it was like the beginning of just like black coffee or like don't talk to me. Um, now I drink lattes because, you know, hunger suppressors and stuff like that. But... 
yeah, that's where it started. So yeah, so um, my love for coffee started at, at Jitters, and it also helped me get out of my comfort zone, which was my home. So it it in it kind of solved a lot of my little problems that I had at that particular time in my life. Yeah. And and yeah, and then I started buying equipment, you know, for my house, and I started buying coffee from different places, and. <laughs> and then that was the beginning. You know, that was the beginning for me. So all this, all this time that you're you're going through, right? Um, you're on medication. You start going to jitters. You start you discover coffee and all of the different types of coffee in the story, right? That you said coffee tells. What's going on with your relationship at school at the time? I um, I withdrew. Uh, the I had a really bad experience with the counseling department at UTRGV or UTPA at the time. Um, and one of the therapists, just just like to be quite like quite frank, like very, very honest with you, he I had mentioned that when I was on my period, my emotions were extremely heightened, and or it was it was either before before it was when I was about to start my period, my emotions would get really heightened and I'd get really emotional and I'd get really sad. And he said, "Oh, like women thinking that PMS does that to them—that's not real." And I was like, "You're not a woman. I'm out of here." And the only way that they would continue to allow me to miss class was if I continued to go to therapy. So I would drink. Um, that was around the time that there was a suicide at the UTPA campus. And I literally couldn't get on an elevator because of the enclosed spaces. I couldn't walk up the stairs because I just thought of the girl who had, you know, committed suicide. And it was too hard for me to be on campus. And I just couldn't continue my education that semester. So that was a big, you know, stop to my education. And it just got harder from there. I couldn't sit in, you know, I couldn't sit in class for an hour and a half. That sound, that that's, even now to this day, if you tell me you need to sit down for an hour and a half and not talk and just listen, that sounds like torture to me now. I literally cannot do that. You could tell me like do an online class and you can do it in increments and I'll be like, great, that sounds perfect for me. Yeah. But I could not sit down for that long and listen to someone and stare at them like with complete focus. How did your parents respond to that? Um, you know, I my parents are actually really cool. Uh, they both dropped out of high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, my dad, he got his GED uh, when he was, I think, 19. And um, when I was going to, when I was starting college, he told me, he was like, you don't need to go to school. You can start working. But of course, I didn't know what I wanted to do at the time. 
and he would always tell me he's like one out of ten or like two out of ten people who go to college or actually graduate. He gave me like a really crazy statistic and I was like you don't know that he's like yes I do he's like not everyone who goes graduates he was like and people realize they don't like it when they're there and that's okay so my dad was you know my family they were really okay when I decided to just drop out mm -hmm. I told them I needed a year mm -hmm. to kind of figure out my life and figure out what I wanted to do I had two classes left to graduate Wow. Yeah, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I was burnt out. And I was like, I just need a year, and then I'll go back and I'll finish, because I just have two classes. And in that year, grind came to be. So I didn't slow down. Yeah. I just kept on going, but with something that I actually cared about. When did you know you wanted to open up a coffee shop? Um, I've always known that I wanted to open a business. Mm -hmm. I just never knew what the context was. So when I was a kid, I was like, you know, my parents owned a business. So I saw like the work they put in. I saw that they, you know, pretty much could say I'm, I'm getting a vacation this week and everyone else has to work. <laughs> I mean, they wouldn't do it in that way, and, and, and they would honestly just work all the time. We never really got a lot of vacation, but I grew up around it, so I didn't know anything else. Mm -hmm. And when, you know, when I got older and my parents would tell me, you know, like, oh, hey, like, you don't have to go to college, it, it would just kind of like, it would fest, like, it would fester in my mind a little bit, like, okay, well, like, if I don't go to college, what am I gonna do? I still want to do something really like that I love and everything else that I loved like any other hobbies that I had at that time they all had to be you know you had to have a degree to go into any sort of field um, except for coffee and I love I love the space the I you know I love that I was able to bring a space to the community and as a, as when I was in high school I knew that's what I wanted to do. So it just never it never occurred to me it was going to be coffee. I just knew it was going to be something. Yeah. Yeah. So the the break, the break away from school and going and hanging out at Jitters and being introduced like trying everything on the menu. So introduced coffee became that content. Yeah. Coffee became yeah, it was it was pretty much the uh, yeah, it was every I woke up and I was like I'm going to Jitters. You know, <laughs> uh, it was the one thing that I did throughout my day that I just really, I looked forward to. So, you know, Marianne, with a lot of my conversations with young people, um, I find a lot of people that have ideas for a business or say they want to um, open a business, a lot that want to open coffee shops. Was it scary at the beginning? Um, no, it wasn't scary. Um, 
I feel like I have an amazing support system. Mm -hmm. My parents, when they brought, when my, it was actually when my mom, um, my mom was uh, diagnosed with cancer. She was, you know, she's she's fine now. But I guess like she went through a moment in her time in her life where she was like, you know, you should do what you want to do. And I, at that time, I was working at Jitters, uh, and she saw the dedication that I put into that shop. I would wake up at 6 a.m. and go to HB if they didn't have milk. I would go at midnight if we needed to get milk. I was constantly putting in extra time and effort, and she was like, if this is what you want to do, your dad and I will back you up. And she was like, you just got to tell us and show us that this is what you want. That's awesome. So it took me about a month, you know, um, to kind of like figure out, is this what I want to do? And I was like, you know what? You know what? I would love to do this. And um, and then I, I got the LLC paperwork started and... And it was it was like okay now I now I need to I need to find funding uh, and throughout the way like they were guiding me through it so it was never scary because I had guidance that's awesome yeah that's awesome what advice would you give somebody another young person who wants to start a business you know like a coffee shop what advice would you give them so I think you should do it I think you should also not be scared if you fail or if you don't reach the success that you think you're gonna reach. And don't ex and truthfully, like the number one thing is don't expect to become a millionaire overnight, or don't expect to become a millionaire just by having a coffee shop. It takes a lot of uh, it's a labor of love. Yeah. I think if you love what you do, that's that's your level of success. So I don't think the amount of money that's going into my pocket which is and I'll be very honest with you you know it's not a lot but it keeps you know people walk through the door and they enjoy themselves here and they're able to be who they are outside of their home and outside of their job and that's success to me is that people love this place because they can just be yeah um so I think it's definitely one of those labors of loves, of love, um, and I would say you have, yeah, you have to do it if you love it, like whatever you do, yeah, you know, you have to love it, and you have to kind of push through the hard times also, because there will be hard times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if that's advice, but that's <laughs> just like kind of like what I've gone through. Yeah, um, and don't doubt yourself. I doubt myself still all the time and then there's still people walking through the door and I'm just like I, I mean maybe they like our coffee <laughs> and, it keeps me coming back yeah like maybe they like it I guess I, I don't know and you know like you sometimes your doubt is just your anxiety and I mean I still I know I, I struggle with that so yeah. I know that sometimes I need to just shut up so Marianne, thank you so much for your story and, and for what you've shared and, and, and your journey. Um, what's next for you? I mean, you've, you've got a successful coffee shop. Before we started, I asked how long. You said you just celebrated five years, right? Yeah. 
and I feel like you you kind of downplayed it, but I feel like like one, I, you know, statistically they always say for if a restaurant or uh, like a coffee shop makes it a year, that's that's something. Yeah. But I feel like, especially in South Texas in the Valley, that's really something yeah. because you know I, I I wasn't used to seeing coffee shops around for a long time. I'd yeah. see coffee shops open and then they close, you know, you know a few few months, maybe a, maybe a year or two. But you've you've stayed the course. You've been committed, right? It's it is as you say a labor of love. What's next for you? What would you like to see? Um, I always say like the next part is to have a grind in every corner. Not every corner, but I would like to at least open one in every city in the valley in the RGB. I love this. I love this place. I I don't think people realize the potential we have to be so successful here. Mm-hmm. And I want to. Uh, develop the community just in general mm-hmm. down here in the valley because we have such a great and rich culture but yeah. also community um, so that's that's in the works and it'll happen um, but the thing is it's never going to be it's not going to be in a crazy timeline and you know by next year we're going to have like 10 new locations that's 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 it's realistic like you can do it but are you going to do it well yeah and sometimes taking your time to make these decisions and uh develop structures to get to that point so it's just a real easy let's open up um that's that's where that's where i'm at so right now i'm in the process of developing that to develop more grinds I, I love that because I feel like, and, and, I, and I, I'd say that seems consistent with you and your story because I feel like if it had you gone like a traditional, let me go to school, let me get a business degree, then it, it it just feels like people that go that route are all about, like I've got a five-year plan, I've got a 10-year plan, I've got to open so many within a year, two years, right? And I think, you know, having experience, you having the experience of opening a business and growing it as you have, you know the struggle, you know the work that it takes. And so I think for you to say, you're on your own time and, yeah. and as things and and you're 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 going to pay attention to the little details that are going to get you to where you want to be versus need this needs to happen year one this needs to happen year two i, I think that's a breath of fresh air and so i appreciate that yeah I appreciate no, thank you um yeah i think timelines are your worst enemy <laughs> okay like no one graduate. I mean, the people who graduate in four years from college, like they must have had not had a job. They must have like you know everything must have been paid for. They you know they or maybe they got a whole bunch of loans. Um, you know, like nothing happens. You have to be okay with life taking its course and stopping your plan in your head. Mm. I love that. Because if you think that life is not going to get in the way of your 10-year plan, you're mistaken. Mm-hmm. Like, just like just because you can think of it and you can work your hardest to get there, doesn't mean it's going to happen. And that's like the big, that's, that's, I think that's the easiest way to believe you're a failure. 
Are the plans not like not sticking to the plan? Or the or is the reality that life will throw something in your path and you will not hit your goals mm-hmm. at the desired time you have. Mm. Life's got other plans. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I um I completely agree. I mean I often so I work with first year students and, and one of the conversations I have is like the real like reality, right? Because I think you know students come in, they've got all of these lofty goals and, and I think that's great. It's wonderful to have goals. But I also kind of have to do a, a little bit of a reality check at the beginning and just say, let's talk about what's going on in your life now. Because chances are just in this first year, there's gonna be some sort of conflict that's gonna make things a little a little difficult for you. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right? And so I think for you to say that to kind of um, remind us of that, I think is important. Um, so let me ask you, because I feel like when people are faced with a setback, you know, some people give up. Why didn't you give up? Why didn't I give up? Yeah. Um, anyway. I didn't think that was an option. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Giving up's not an option. Not that I I never thought of giving up, uh, but uh, yeah, I I never thought of that as like, you know what, I'm just gonna like not do this anymore. Yeah. I love that. I love that optimism. Have you always been this optimistic? Uh, no. Because I, I think it's easy. I think it's easy to say, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, it's easy to say it, but I think it's it's harder to like... Just, just stop? Just stop. Yeah. Um, I mean, as I've gotten, I, as I've gotten older, like, I, you know, like, it's, it, there's a lot of cheesy things that go into life. Like, yeah. um, like but also like very scientific like a body that stays in motion remains in motion or like you know whatever that science stuff that I learned in school that one time um but it's absolutely true so I just like if I if I stop now like I'm just I don't know in my head I see it as hurting myself um I think that's a great point so I I think so for our listeners out there you know, when faced with a challenge, when faced with an obstacle, when faced with a setback, I think a, a, a lesson that I certainly am taking from you is, and that, that you didn't say directly, but it, it sounds like I, this is what I'm picking up from you, Marianne. Please correct me. You've already invested so much in yourself, and you've already invested so much in your dream. Like, why would you stop? Yeah. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. Like I, I, I'm investing so much already, and if I and I, oh, I've had this one setback. Let me just give it all up. Like it's just that seems crazier than saying, like I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Like that just seems crazy. Like it makes much more sense. Just keep going. Push forward. Yeah. 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 I. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. <laughs> I just want to be clear because that's what I'm picking up. Like, like you know, sometimes I think we're faced with, like, oh, it's hard. I want to give up, but we forget. 
like, man, I just put in so many hours or years and yeah. money and, and invested so much of my time. I mean, you, I, I can't imagine how much time you invested in jitters. Drinking all of the coffee, but not only that, learning about the business, learning about the coffee, learning how to make the coffee and grind the beans and do all of the things. And, and especially the things that happen behind the scenes that nobody ever sees. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine how much time you've invested in that. I've actually never saw that as investment, which is okay. even funnier. <laughs> Um, so I'm just kind of enjoying my life, doing what I do, and you know, like if I meet people, that's cool, and if I don't, that's fine too. No, um, yeah, I've never seen this as work. So I guess like that goes with that that whole like sentiment of like you never work a day in your life if yeah. you. The, the only time that I see it as like extensive work is when you know like this week like the refrigerator broke down. Yeah. I don't know how to fix a refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that's like the the mental like okay how do I deal with this? Yeah. That's when the business side kicks in. That's yeah. when the business side kicks in. So that's definitely one thing that I always tell people like if you love coffee yeah like don't open a coffee shop. That's just like. If you love money, also don't open a coffee shop. Um, I do not get to enjoy coffee as much as I used to. Yeah. So just for like a, a picture of what's going on right now, there's probably like eight people in line at the shop, and there's one barista, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm like absolutely just like there's so many people in here right now. I need to go help. And and so you don't get to be able to sit down and enjoy a coffee with a friend because you're working. And like, yeah, like to me, it's no big deal. Like I could totally handle it. I'm just like, it is what it is. She's gonna have to figure it out. Yeah. I'm gonna figure it out too. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a really weird place to be. Um, but I love serving people also. So I think it, it, it takes a very specific combination of qualities to love having a coffee shop, even though you don't get to enjoy it as much and like don't love money too much. And but you love people. Yeah. So yeah, like erase it's a it's it's an onion like there's yeah, so many there's layers so many, obviously yeah no I, I it, it yeah, brought something to mind so many years ago when I was in college I um, would bartend and I remember sitting down with my buddy my senior and I drew a bar and I said I want a bar and it's still been one of my dreams I'd love to open a bar but like your advice is giving me pause and like thinking like what are the so making money I think for me is as long as the bar survives I, I'm not looking to get rich off the bar and for me I definitely understand what you mean about serving people and 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 like that aspect of it that you talked about because I love that aspect yeah like for me it is about the conversations and helping people and serving people like yeah that's what I love I love doing that yeah so you so, just inspired me, right? So, so maybe the bar is a good idea, right? Yeah. If you don't want to get rich off of it, and you—I'm just kidding—but like, um, eventually you can. Um, it just takes a lot of time, yeah. but you meet a lot of really great people, and you just—you wish that you could see them forever in your shop. I'm so happy I can still see you—you you here. Um, and it brings a lot of joy to me. 
uh, and that's like the payoff for me so like instead of like oh I'm like a millionaire and I'm just like I'm never in the shop I'm never working everyone does all my work and I just like sleep all day um, yeah that's not that's not my life um, but the payoff for me is seeing you guys come in and you're still so invested yeah. in this this establishment. Yeah. That's like that's the bigger payoff for me. Yeah. Well we appreciate you, Maria. And I, I wanna be mindful of your time and the demand here at the shop. So It's fine. <laughs> well any any final thoughts? Um so I was thinking about uh, how we were going to be talking about how school is not for everyone. And it's something that's really important to me that I, I, I want to share with people is, yeah, school is not for everyone. But don't think just because, like, if you don't go to school, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. That's not a staple of success. That's just sometimes what is told to us to get us out of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's so many people who do things that they love that are non-traditional, but still bring them a level of success that they are okay with. Um, So in that sentiment, I say if you want to work at the mall and be a manager at a department store, and you think that's your like you may it may not feel like at this moment in time that that's a level of success sometimes they give you the best um, rewards by just being by by being there and and that that comes with that sentiment of like I love serving people and I love uh, seeing the same faces here day after day um, so yeah, I, I I don't I think we need more people who are specialists in their craft than college graduates. I truly believe that. Um, so yeah, I would say, dude, like literally, like if you want to make furniture out of steel, do it. That's so cool. And then call me because I want to buy it. You know, like uh, don't just settle for like, oh, I'm just gonna become an engineer. Or I'm gonna like, sometimes I feel that is settling. I wanted to become, before I wanted to become a writer and a TV show producer and then a computer scientist, like that's what I wanted to do and I'm doing this now and I'm pretty sure I'm a lot happier than I would be in that situation. Yes. So, follow your dreams, kids. Marianne, it has been um, it has been everything I hoped it would be. I'm glad. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, I tried. No, no, no. I, 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 I knew you'd be honest, and and um, and, and that's what I always look for in my guests. You know, I'm not. I, I never have pre-planned questions. I don't script anything. I just want to hear, you know, as they say, straight from the horse's mouth, right? What's what is it that you're thinking? Tell me about your story, and then and then we'll just go from there. We'll yeah. just see where the story takes us. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, yeah, I know we've been talking about this for years. I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. But so it's finally good to sit down and. It, it, it and came to be. Yeah. At the perfect time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
So this concludes another episode of the Way to College podcast. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another episode, and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye.